0: Welcome to Where the Lotus Grows, Getting Dirty and Growing Strong with Kimberly Searle and Tanya Drew. As integrative, sustainable movement educators and health advocates, our goal is to provide you with evidence-based information gathered from research, experts in the field, and our personal and professional experience to help you advocate for your own health and wellness. Our mission is to collaboratively navigate the thick, muddy waters of life to empower, accept, and cultivate our most authentic selves. So welcome back, and I just wanted to start off with a moment of gratitude. Thanks for sticking with us, and if you're just joining us, thanks for trying us out. We're new to podcasting, and we're all learning together as we go together. Today, our practice is about breathing your way to happiness. And do you know what makes you happy? So, breath we've talked about is is our life force and our anchor. So, sitting in stillness with our breath can allow you to hear kind of that quietest voice inside of you, which is often the simplest thing, such as the sun shining, breakfast, meditating, someone smiling at you, seeing a butterfly. So meditation gives you lots of gifts. And I think it's important, too, to right off the bat to talk about there's a difference between cheerfulness and happiness, right? So happiness is an emotion in which we experience feelings ranging from contentment and satisfaction. I like to think of cheerfulness as more of a superficial kind of demeanor. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. okay. So you can spark joy for yourself in the here and now you might even set a joy timer on your phone cuz i talked about how i use reminders right to help me with my positive affirmations so you could set a joy timer to check in with how you're doing or you could just focus on your breath you know when you do a breath check in you can check in you know am i breathing up high in your chest or deeper maybe into your stomach And then once you have done that check-in and kind of see where the breath is going, allow the breath to grow with each cycle and imagine a big smile on your belly that grows with each breath until your whole body is smiling.
1: I like that. That made me smile. So especially when you said belly smiling. So for those listeners that don't know, I've hinted to it a little bit and I'm sure it's something that will come up. Many more times, but I am currently, as we record this podcast, seven months pregnant, my belly smiling all the time. There's no missing it. It's out there. It's proud. It's smiling. Um, and so as you were saying that, that, that made me smile all over. That made me happy. As a practice, one of the ways that we kind of get into the last two koshas, particularly Ananda or Maya kosha, the bliss body, is to ask what brings you joy.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I we ask that for a couple of different reasons. I think it's just as important for the client to identify and remind themselves what brings them joy. Because I think that's a question that when we ask it, sometimes that's when you get the... Uh, <laughs> for a minute, a minute. they've when got to the think about it what does bring that? me joy yeah. so it makes them check in but it's also you know gives us a lot of clues in how we, we might work with them and different things that we can offer solutions to or different ways to practice when you find out what brings someone joy what lights someone up mm-hmm. there's mm-hmm. definitely ways that you can integrate that into their healing yeah. and helping them but as you do that when you identify those things So, for example, a lot of people, like, you work with people and they might be like, oh, well, my grandchildren bring me joy. Reading brings me joy. Like, quiet time to myself brings me joy. Physical activity, when I go for a run, it brings me joy. How do you be more mindful in these practices, right? How can you not only experience joy when you're doing them, how can you make it that extra bit more cozy, that extra bit more meaningful, that extra bit more enjoyable than by being mindful of it. Mm -hmm. And a lot of our mindfulness practice is bringing breath to the awareness of that. So taking the time as you're spending time with the grandkids to bring a moment of joy and breath and mindfulness into that practice. When you're getting ready to read, it's not just the reading. How do you experience it fully get super cozy make that cup of tea and get the favorite blanket before you curl up with the book and really make it a practice what kind of breathing can you do before you get into that
0: i think it's important too to remember that we're responsible for our own happiness Mm -hmm. sometimes we project that out onto external things that'll make us happy right so i'm interested tanya what are you doing right now for yourself to bring you joy
1: Like, currently at this very moment, I am podcasting with a friend, (laughs) and it's
0: fabulous. (laughs) It is fabulous, yes, thank you.
1: My joyfulness practices are, are really mindful practices. One of the things that I really like is to laugh, to be silly, to say the goofy thing, even though it's corny. Or, you know, the dad joke or the funny line or the goofy voice. Like I try not to censor myself when it comes to that. That's how I kind of find joy, because to me, a good belly laugh is like that. <laughs> as, as we talked about already, the smile in the belly. That's one way that I try to practice joy, especially when things are super stressful When life, like, in those moments where I'm like, everything's a shit show, (laughs) (laughs) how can I find something funny to laugh about? How can I find a little bit of joy or find a moment of silliness when something's super serious to kind of um, bring me back and be present Mm -hmm. in the moment? Mm -hmm. So I think that's that's probably one of my favorite
0: joy practices. Yeah. For me, it's getting out into nature no matter what the season is. I love going down to the beach, hearing the water, seeing the texture of what's on the beach, the texture. You know, sometimes there's sand, sometimes there's seaweed, sometimes there's driftwood, beach glass. I love going for bike rides and just feeling the air come through across my skin, through my hair and we have a resident peacock in my neighborhood, and I love being able to interact with the peacock and and checking out all the different textures and colors and what position and where he's, you know, at that day. And then I also do appreciate connection with my close friends and family, you know, having that moment to just kind of check in, to digest, to, you know, come up with silly stories, you know, and talk about that. I also have found art brings me joy I am by no means an artist yeah but I love working with different mediums and and getting to use that other side of my brain
1: Mm -hmm. I agree with you there Um, it's similar to the freedom to be silly is the freedom to create and express yourself whether you know it's finger painting or collaging or it could be anything but it's almost like you're giving yourself permission (laughs) it's funny you you Say you know I'm not an artist and I don't, <laughs> but you are because if you create something from the heart authentically, then you are. That's your truth, and it's just as um, vulnerable
0: mm-hmm.
1: as allowing yourself to be silly, mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> or as allowing yourself to laugh at something. Oh, yeah. it just makes me think. Like a lot of my friends are artists, mm-hmm. and you know it is huge for me to be vulnerable. If I take my watercolors out and I have my little watercolor journal and here are these people trained in art and I'm sitting next to them with my things and it is vulnerable to show I mean they are always kind of they always find the positive in my artwork and and things of that nature and they're very encouraging and they love to see me that vulnerable Mm -hmm. I've learned a lot through it
1: well and think about what you said too conversely The appreciation of others, Mm -hmm. the appreciation of others' art. And you were talking in the beginning about how, you know, appreciating beauty brings you joy. Mm -hmm. So experiencing nature, but not just experiencing it, but really looking at and inspecting and being mindful of the peacock or being mindful of the beach. That is experiencing art in another form. It's appreciation. I have a similar reaction and I think it is important that we're mindful of it and present when it happens that you can appreciate the beauty in something whether it's art in someone's painting or sculpture (laughs) or art in in mother nature and the beauty that you find there and I think that that all kind of ties in really nicely to that idea of your happiness is what you make it and that we can be happy.
0: I think happiness is an experience and not stuff. And one time when I was first starting out my yoga teaching journey, I did some student teaching in a youth prison. That'd it, was, be hard. It, was, it was It was very interesting. You know, so, uh, someone who I had met, I said, hey, would you come over to the youth center and teach some yoga? And I thought I was going to an after school. Program and I was completely surprised when I arrived. And you know, I'm dressed in my tank top and stuff. And they're like, Do you have a long sleeve shirt in your car? Yes, went and got that. You know, I had at the time we were carrying around a, a CD player, right? Uh-oh, like a boombox thing. And so I was like, I'm gonna take, ourselves I, we are, can, I was going to take that in. Can you leave that here? And I was like, okay. And, and we know when I, she's like, I'll walk you back. And then they're like, everyone against the wall. And I was like, what in the world? And I, I had never, I was so naive. I didn't realize that there was a children's prison and my heart just sunk. And it, right. it was a way for me to experience something outside of what I was used to that I you know I didn't even know in America that we had underaged prisons for children the youngest that I saw in there was 11 years old oh wow you know there were times where at my heart I'd come home and and tell my husband oh my gosh you know so-and-so is going to be in there longer and you know I don't know what I can do to support them and and he gently suggested to me, did you ever think that maybe where they are seems terrible to you, but is a better place from where they've come from? And so as I began to talk with them, uh, one year he was asking me, my husband was saying, you know, what would you like for your birthday? And I said, I want to give each child there a yoga mat. And I want when they leave to be able to take their yoga mat with them. And that was like the best present. It brought me so much joy. And it was just wonderful to see them that the yoga mat became their safe place to explore,
1: right? Oh, that's beautiful, and not the place that you would expect to find joy. joy. Yes, <laughs> and as you were saying it, as you were speaking it, I, I couldn't help but think like, um, while I know that you were like, "Oh, I was naive in this," you can almost be grateful in your naivete because you still were able to go in there with an open heart and without preconceived notions of, you know, I'm going to go work with some bad kids. Do you know right. what I mean? Yeah. Like because you didn't know probably kept your heart more open.
0: Cause I was in that experience. Yeah. I was really curious and you know, they couldn't say why were they were there? Although some would share and that yeah. kind of thing, but I was more curious about what their desires were. What were they struggling with? Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, yoga and meditation became a great way for them to learn to respect boundaries for themselves and others, to explore movement. Explore uh, breath. Yeah, explore breath and how they could use that breath to check in as an um, anchor and even to hope and dream because it takes a lot of guts to decide to be happy. Right. Right.
1: Despite circumstance.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So I think it's important to know that happiness is a choice and you're responsible for your own emotions. So when you allow someone else to determine your happiness, you're being dependent on them and giving away your power versus empowering yourself.
1: I appreciate that. And to see how emotional sharing that story made (laughs) you like you're just choking up when you're like, I was so happy when I left. It's super powerful. And it just shows you, you know, helping others find joy. And this is something that I, I feel like we're drawn to in the healing profession,
0: mm-hmm.
1: why we do what we do. You know, helping others find that, knowing it and appreciating it yourself and helping others find it just fertilizes that for you and helps you to further grow. Yeah. It's a, like a fertile ground. Which leads us to kind of the, the third key point in our discussion,
0: which is a little insight into positive psychology. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was first introduced to positive psychology by uh, Margaret Moore, okay. and she's the one that introduced me to Cheek Semniha's work. So sometimes our ideas on what happiness should be kind of get in the way. Of actually being happy. right? When we should on ourselves. (laughs) (laughs) And so we have this deep inner contentment that comes from the inside in order to actually feel it. And you have to allow yourself to open your heart and your soul. And, you know, this is one that I struggle with, perfectionism, right? But Mm -hmm. life is not perfect. It's really not in our control. Life is difficult. It's uncomfortable. And when you learn to accept light and dark, you learn to embrace life the way it is And it allows your energy to be lighter. And I know when I first started on my yoga journey, I was just like, okay, if I follow X, Y, and Z, I'm always going to be on the light, the positive, Mm -hmm. and I can leave all that darkness stuff behind. So not true, right? It's about (laughs) light and dark and kind of finding that balance in the middle. But it took me a while to realize that. So you cannot turn night into day. So sometimes you need to learn to accept things. And sometimes we need to change and change is growth. and We learn to value each step of the lesson and make decisions from our gut and heart. And when we do that, we actually feel lighter.
1: Right. As you were saying, um, the idea that you have to allow yourself to be open, that it can be difficult, the the keys to perfection. I think one of the other habits that a lot of people put into is postponing happiness. Hmm.
0: I'll be happy when.
1: I'll be happy when. Yeah, I'll be happy when this flight's over. I'll be happy when we get out of class. I'll be happy when my workday's over.
0: I'll start my life when.
1: Yeah. (laughs) I'll be happy when I lose 20 pounds. You know, and why are we postponing our happiness? Why do we feel like we don't deserve joy now?
0: Celebrate the smaller things. It doesn't have to be a big thing.
1: No. And the big things will come regardless. Mm -hmm. You know, the flight will be over. Your workday will end. You can celebrate those things when they happen being present in the moment and choosing to be happy regardless of your circumstances is really something that I think we do struggle with. We definitely have those like pre-determined idea that we need to postpone it for some reason, that we need to put it off, that we can't be truly happy <laughs> until we win the lottery. <laughs> and then we are. So which
0: leads us into change, changes growth. Well, I'm curious in your thought on this. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, sometimes we talk about the suffering that we create for ourselves. Do people feel guilty when they feel happy? Like, I'm really happy, I'm really happy. Oh, maybe I shouldn't be that happy. I I think it's possible. I definitely
1: think it's possible that you might find joy or not feel deserving of something. I think it depends on the circumstance whether or not that's warranted. Obviously, if you, if you secretly find joy, I forget the German word for it. When you find joy in somebody else's Misfortune. Is mm-hmm. that schadenfreund? I could be totally <laughs> screwing that up. But the Germans have some really fun words for fun emotions. But there's the, the idea, you know, that you might feel guilty for if you're finding joy in someone else's misfortune. Maybe you should feel guilty about that. I'm sure it happens. I'm sure there are people who feel like they don't deserve to be happy We've talked about putting people's needs before your own. Mm -hmm. So there's definitely the idea of maybe feeling guilty because you put your happiness before someone else's. Mm -hmm. I don't necessarily think that that guilt is healthy.
0: I don't think so either. And I think it goes back to the fact that, you know, we're in charge of our own happiness Mm -hmm. and defining what it is that makes us happy. I remember going through my early 30s and having to really look at that. I was in a period of time where I had determined my success or who I was by my job title. And I was changing up my life, right? I was going to leave the corporate world behind and start something new. And as I began to make that transition, I found myself going, I'm not happy. What does make me happy? I don't know what makes me happy. Because I was defining my happiness by all this external stuff. And so that's when I really started to question and realize that, oh, I'm the one in charge of that. And, you know, how do I start to bring that joy to me? And and now I ask myself that question every single day. Have I done something that brings me joy? And if I haven't, what's one thing I could do right now to bring me joy before this 24 hours is over?
1: Oh, I like that. I like that a lot. I use a similar... Um question with clients sometimes I have people that I work with kind of rate their day or their week you know on a scale of one to ten and then I ask them how can you increase that by just one number so if you're constantly at a seven are you one belly laugh away from an eight like how Mm -hmm. do you get there what one little thing could you do to bump it up a notch you know, to just move it forward a little. So I, I really like that because I use that too.
0: Well, sometimes I think we begin to make life a little too serious. And sure. we have to find, you know, some lightness, some humor in that.
1: Sure, absolutely. I, I totally agree. And I think it's important uh, kind of bringing it all together, tying all the things that we've touched on, laughter, beauty, appreciation, gratitude, I mean, ultimately, these uh, this is joy. This is bliss. This is what drives us as human beings.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Consciously making the effort to breathe and to be aware, to notice in those moments of unhappiness or displeasure. How much agency do I have over these moments and what can I do to change it? Absolutely 100% easier said than done during some points of our lives. We've all had dark times where finding
0: joy seems impossible. Right. And we can, it's something we can count on. I mean, it, it will come around again. It is an absolute. However,
1: it's really important that we don't add unnecessary suffering to our life. And I think it's really important that we, when we are in those moments where we are kind of neutral, or we are kind of blah, or, you know, things aren't the end of the world, but there's certainly been better days, (laughs) that we take the time to appreciate and step back and look back and reflect and breathe. Positive psychology really does work. That's been proven. And I think that,
0: you know, we just got to ask ourselves, how can we choose to be more happy I would like our listeners to comment on that. What are they doing? What are you doing to choose to be more happy? I I agree. And is there a specific practice? Like we've talked about a little breath practice. We've talked about
1: little reminders. You have a reminder on your phone, like that kind of thing. What are you out there doing to bring you a little more joy? Is there some ritual or some little added bonus that you can bring to your practice to help you increase your joy? Reach out to us on social media. Give us a tweet at uh, Where the Lotus G One <laughs> <laughs> on Twitter. Find us there. Check out all of our other places. Let us know how you find joy. We'd really love to hear from you. Tune in next week. We are going to get serious. Next week's topic: shit can get real. So, how we're going to cope with grace? and or accept ourselves when we are not so graceful. We look forward to seeing you soon. Remember to find us on all the social media platforms, rate us, and look for exciting extra content opportunities coming your way. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to Where the Lotus Grows. Join us in further conversations. We believe that you bring valuable knowledge to this community. You can find us at wherethelotusgrows.com where the lotus grows on Instagram and Facebook or Twitter where the lotus G1 because we were not on top of that one. Remember that though we are professionals in our field the topics discussed and or advice given is general information and not intended to treat or diagnose. Please seek the guidance of a medical, integrative health, bodywork or yoga therapy professional for a full evaluation. If you like what you hear, please take the time to rate us on iTunes or your preferred podcast platform.